I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I promised I would keep it short. Please be seated. Uh, And I will. But I have a microphone, so I'm still louder. Uh, The readings today are amazing, particularly for baptism. Because, um, you know, I've been spending a lot of administrative leadership time in the institutional church managing decline. Uh, our, the church is in decline, our numbers are down, our budgets are down, and this is bigger than All Saints, this is bigger than the Diocese of Kootenai, this is bigger than the Anglican Church of Canada, this is all denominations, all Christianity in the West. Um, and so to do a baptism, to bring someone into this faith right now, is a little bit like Jeremiah buying land in Israel when the barbarians are at the gates. Right? You've got, you've got um, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the Babylonians, at the gates, about to overrun Jerusalem. They've been under siege, and they are going to lose. They're about to lose. And it's at that moment that Jeremiah decides to buy land and go through all the rigmarole, like all this extreme level of, um, uh, of, of contract-making, and all, let's do all the rituals, and we'll write up a deed, and we'll do... And, and it's supposed to be absurd. It's meant to be absurd. Why would you write up a deed in a piece of land that's about to be overrun and not even owned by anybody that's in Israel anymore? Well, because one day land will be bought and sold in Israel again. This is going to be God's land and will always be God's land, even though the disaster is about to befall us. And of course, when you think about what Jeremiah was railing against in the state of Israel at the time, Israel was still Israel. It still had the form, the language, the um, the structure of the people of God, and yet it had fallen away from the heart of what it meant to be the people of God, faithfulness to the covenant. And so the heart of Israel still was a matter of memory and record and still was a, a matter of longing for individuals like Jeremiah and others, but it had fallen away from being the heart of the administration of the land of Israel. And so it's hard not to see some parallels between that and institutional Christianity today where the heart of Christianity is as powerful and relevant and compelling as ever uh, in, in, in a world that is run by violence and greed and narcissism, this message of abandoning the self and loving your neighbor as yourself as the key to happiness and contentment and spiritual growth and being who you were meant to be is no less relevant today than it ever has been. And yet, when you look at the institutional forms that Christianity has taken in many parts of the world and in our own part of the world, it's hard to see the connection between that gospel and the historical record. And so the, um, the, the Babylonians are at the gates. In, in the West, Christianity is diminishing, and it will continue to diminish. We will close churches. That is how it is. But God is still at the heart of Christianity, as God is at the heart of Israel to this day. And the message of Jeremiah is the same as the message to us. When we are going to continue to baptize, we are going to continue to practice the faith, we are going to continue to live out the thing that has given us life in the hopes that others may find the life that we have found. And if we find that true life of connection with God through following Jesus, through discipleship, that will be compelling enough that others will want to say, whatever it is that you have, I want some of that. And so I'll, I'll finish with a little story that I've, I've told before. Um, 
but it's the story of the man that got a message from God saying, today you will find a great treasure. And it came to him in a dream, and it was a message from God, and so he kept going down the path and talking to everybody he met and said, I got a dream last night from the Lord who said, I'm going to get a great treasure. And do you know, have you seen a great treasure nearby? And everybody kept saying, no, and you're weird, and stop talking to me. And finally, a guy comes up and says, oh, I found this ruby lying by the road earlier today. It must be for you. Here you can have it. And it was the most valuable ruby that the man had ever seen. And he went, this is it. Thank you. And then he ran away. And then after about five minutes, he stopped and he ran back and he said, no, I want what you have that allowed you to give away this ruby. That's the treasure that I'm looking for. That's the treasure that's at the heart of Christianity. That's the treasure that's at the heart of, of Judaism. That is the tradition into which we have been called and which we live up to, however partially. But it's that that is still as relevant and powerful as ever, which is why I am happy to baptize more people into it, as many as possible, because it's about the real thing right now. It's not about the structures. It's not about the trappings, the robes. That's completely irrelevant. It's about the heart. And the good news today is that there's no reason to be a part of this church to get ahead in life. That's, that's not why you join, um, which means that why you join is because it has something to do with the faith, something to do with being a disciple of Christ, someone that lives out that life, that, that life of service to others that gives life to us and to everyone and creates a virtuous cycle for all of civilization and society. And... and we are, we are seeing what happens when we get away from that virtuous cycle. And we can get back into it again, and we will, but it may take a while. It took, the, it took Israel 70 years in Babylon to recapture the heart of who they were. And it's going to take us however long it takes, but we will recapture it because God's not going anywhere, and neither is Christianity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.